Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchi. Matt, we're going back to some zombie action. This is our second Zack Snyder movie in I was going to say, lucky us. Uh, nothing wakes you up like a Zack Snyder film at 8.30 in the morning. A I'm Zack attack, you, if you will. Um, yeah, our, how, how, what, how lucky are we? You know, the year is 2021. Uh, I've just recently been vaccinated. You're getting your vaccination tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. Eric might already be vaccinated. Maybe he's a zombie now. An alpha zombie? No, actually, get 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 vaccinated. It won't turn you into a zombie. Um, our second Zack Snyder film of the year. How lucky are we? And it's it's a brisk two hours and 28 minutes compared to <laughs> you four. <know? laughs> yeah. You know, basically, you know, gets that automatic one star bump for being such a short yeah it just it just you know Um, it just glides by matt (laughs) god yeah today we are reviewing Zack snyder's army of the dead um which is starring uh dave bautista ella pernell uh omari hardwick uh anadilla rodriga uh theo rossi matthias uh oh gosh uh i'm sorry i'm gonna butcher your name matthias matthias eric you got this one Schweighofer. I hope I nailed that. Uh, I, I'm more embarrassed for you because you have a German bra- background. Uh, you know what? Forrester is my you know German name. My uh, mom's side of the family, not like super hard it, just to pronounce or anything. Uh, Tignatero's in there. Uh, a bunch of other people. Uh, Tignatero digitally replacing um, shitbag. Um, uh, Chris, oh my god! Why am I blanking uh, on his name? Uh, why are we Chris both? Ella or oh, it was it Chris Delia? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it? Oh, I thought it was what's his name from Deadpool. Um, no, it was Chris Delia, the 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 comedian, okay, right? The Chris guy Delia. who was on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing I know this guy from is from commercials of that short-lived show Whitney. <laughs> right, and yeah, he's a pedophile, yeah. right? And then like, yeah, that's wonderful, great. Uh, glad they uh, edited him out. I was thinking of what's his name from Silicon Valley, also shitbag. Thomas Middleditch? Um, no, also shitbag. Yeah. <laughs> um, supposedly, we're, I mean, allegedly, all TJ Miller, stuff, but uh, TJ Miller is no, who no, I was no, thinking of. Eric, it was the uh, whole time. But Chris Delia, Delia. okay, yeah. Uh, anyways, bunch of shitbags. Uh, how you doing? Well, Eric? Matt, <laughs> nice segue. Uh, oh, it's it's going to be uh, on Netflix uh, this Friday, uh, May the um, the twenty first. Yeah, no, you know May the. Right. Yeah, twenty first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm good, Matt. I uh, I watched this quite early this morning, um, and I have to. S- oh, so we both watched it. Yeah, this morning. and I have yeah. to say, like we we've talked about Zack Snyder, you know, recently with our review of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which you can go back and, and check out. But even on the regular show as well, when it comes to you know his style of filmmaking, um, and we can be hard on him. Uh, you know, like he's he's a filmmaker that I think brings a lot of uh, criticisms on himself with his sort of style and his fetishes and isms and trademarks that have become somewhat canonized within blockbuster mainstream cinema. But then also when you see articles of him talking about, you know, Kelly Reichardt's first cow and, you know, wanting to yeah. bring something to the table that's different for a superhero movie by having it in a four by three aspect ratio. Like it's, it's, he's very film bro-y in that way. And it's almost like he's become a parody of himself to a certain extent. So this, this wild film feels weirdly subdued. Exactly. And you know what? It's watching the film. 
I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I, I think Snyder's yeah. best movie is Dawn of the Dead, his remake of the George A. Romero film from 2004 with Sarah Yeah, Pauly. it would be that or Watchmen yeah. for me. Uh, yeah. Now, which which cut of Watchmen, though? Uh, it's been so long. Um, I, I will just go to the theatrical cut because that's the only one I really remember. I don't even know if I've seen the director's cut, so I might even like that more. I know I own the ultimate cut on 4K, but it's like ridiculous with all the anime gerard butler animation yeah, and stuff, stuff like that uh, yeah. which i don't yeah. recommend because i think the director's cut is a vastly superior version to the theatrical uh cut because i remember a lot of the um steve mccaddy stuff was sort of brought back into the director's cut and it had an emotional payoff for for patrick wilson's character uh hollis uh mason right uh night owl uh two mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But I would say Dawn of the Dead as his first film and being a remake and and sort of him bringing in some of his commercial music video style, it didn't feel kind of like it, it didn't feel completely and utterly like a, a a you know Wachowski retread that would become Three Hundred. You know that 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 kind of slow mo action s- sort of sequences that are all there. Like it didn't feel as much of a parody, it still kind of felt a little bit fresh then. And I also kind of liked that his zombies were menacing. And also there was something done differently with them because not only did they, you know, run a lot faster and not only did they, you know, scream or, or, you know, sort of do horrible things to their victims in a way that you can't, you know, portray in something like a George A. Romero film from the 1970s. But it also felt like he was really kind of doing something a little bit more abstract with the storyline and the characters and some of the the imagery. Yeah. The further he went into, you know, his interest in comic books, it kind of just felt like he was, again, diluting what was, you know, that original movie that kind of brought him into um, sort of the feature film world. And then with Sucker Punch, it's like the, the, the worst kind of thing you can get into because it literally is an original idea by Zack Snyder. And everything he's done before that is based either on, you know, previously existing copyright material or another movie. And so when you see like all his interest in anime and slow motion action sequences and all that stuff, but without kind of, you know, a script or a blueprint, it falls apart quickly and it becomes so obnoxious and tedious and, and you just feel like you're watching somebody literally, you know, masturbating on screen. Um, Yeah. A a 13 year old boy, you know, playing with creepy action figures. Exactly. And that's not to say that this doesn't have that either because it does. And it it is almost a greatest hits version of, dawn of the dead his career um specifically it is the best and worst of snyder and i think that there are pockets in this movie where you know this is essentially taking two genres and mashing them up together you have the heist movie and the zombie horror film being put together and the setting being las vegas and dave batista's character scott which i kind of laughed at that you know dave batista you know his character's name is scott like it just he does not seem like a scott whatsoever (laughs) um Assembles a ragtag group of uh, mercenaries and experts, whether they be safe crackers or helicopter pilots, and they're sort of or, or his, his daughter. daughter. Now, now that overcomplicates <laughs> things, and we'll get into that as well with with the script. Um, 
and basically what they're tasked to do um, is to infiltrate a Las Vegas casino in hopes of gathering $200 million that's under the strip and to return a large portion of it to its owner, uh, played by uh, Hiroyuki Sonata, who we just talked about also in uh, Mortal Kombat. He played uh, Scorpion. Um, There's a lot of sort of idiosyncratic characters as you would ex- expect some very blatant social commentary on how we treat uh, soldiers in the military and also sort of uh, how the Trump administration has been in the last, you know, uh, four odd years. So, you know, there's a lot there in terms of like what you'd expect a Zack Snyder movie to be. And, and there's a fun, but bloated opening credit sequence that is scored to Richard Cheese Richard and Cheese, uh, Alice maybe. <laughs> Crow's cover of Viva Las Vegas, which again, I think the music selection is telling of Zack Snyder's entire career because the guy has been most successful remaking other people's movies or adapting other people's movies. So he uses, so he a lot uses of covers. exactly, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot yeah. of Elvis covers in this. There's a, there's like, it's, 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 it's kind of, again, very on the nose in that regard, but. Oh God. They, they use zombie. In yes. The movie, but they guys. use the original version of zombie, but it <laughs> is do. an acoustic yeah. version. So it's, 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 so it's a live version of it. Still. Um, but you couldn't be more on. The yeah. And, and I think where this movie like overdoes it is introducing the father-daughter relationship here in terms of sort of bringing yeah. the daughter character into and the, the reasoning why seems so kind of stupid yeah because the idea is that the daughter like, can kind of get this this group of, <laughs> of of you know skilled assassins and safe crackers and you know, pilot into the building or into Las Vegas uh, through a quarantine zone because she works there as a volunteer. Um, And then you get like this contrived sort of backstory and sort of like an emotional falling out and their estranged relationship. And even though Batista is very sincere with the performance that he's giving, it, it, it does feel a little bit forced and doesn't really fit yeah. within the, the rest of the film, especially when you have, Characters that are so archetypal archetypal to begin with, yeah. it just kind of feels a little bit overwrought for, for what it needs yeah. to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was my biggest problem when it, it being the emotional crux of the movie. Like, I I enjoyed myself. I thought it was, you know, a bit overlong. Um, like you said, um, the best and worst of his career. But I felt like I joked about at the top of the show that it was like, weirdly subdued for him especially when we see we've seen all his dc stuff recently and how that you know especially with snyder cut which is literally like just full on what you'd expect Zack snyder to be for four hours um almost to a comical um point where this weirdly felt even though it's batshit crazy with its depiction of you know this vegas zone with all these zombies that are you know have a king and a queen and there's a zombie tiger and they kind of think but they like it's it's batshit but weirdly felt subdued for him (laughs) like i'm like oh there's not that much slow motion here or the music choices are yes extremely on the nose but like and he still has those music video type moments where you know it's uh, slow motion and there's a like you said a cover of a song playing and um but i didn't feel it as comical as like in 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 justice league and justice league i i weirdly enjoyed because it was you know 
un like unfiltered Zack Snyder to the point of it being like, how does this fucking exist? And how did he think that like just everything in that movie is so excessive where this is movie, excessive, but like you said, especially it, being set in a place that is all about excess. Yeah. But that's what I mean. This movie knows yeah. what it is, which a lot of times I feel like Zack Snyder's movies is overreaching. Don't. Like they, they, they all always are too self-serious or he thinks he's way like he thinks what he's doing is way cooler than what it actually is. Or it's so serious. And so like that, you, it's almost becomes comical in his in his other stuff from probably, you know, like you said, sucker punch onward um, where you kind of roll your eyes or you laugh at it or you're like, oh, man, this is like he needs to tone it down a bit. And weirdly in this movie, it felt like he kind of <laughs> did. And he's like and it went back to his roots, right, with it being another zombie movie that's, you know, went back uh, to his of grave. the dead. And there you go. Perfect. Um, but going back to, uh, you know, how he kicked off his career and kind of br- the zombie genre, like you said, he includes a lot of those kind of zombie things that he introduced in that movie. It's not in the same universe or anything. It's more like a spiritual, spiritual kind of sequel to it. And um, I don't know, like I, I mildly enjoyed myself. I think it has some pretty good action sequences. Um, I, I, I will say like, it takes a little while to get into it when you're introducing all the different characters. And I'm like 45 minutes into the movie and I'm like, all right, the opening's fun with Richard cheese. And I think that kind of sets the tone of like, okay, I know what this is. Like, let's not take this too seriously. Let's just have fun with this. And, um, I, I weirdly appreciated that because I feel like his stuff is just so, bleak and and serious and like oh this is cool man like you're gonna really care or it's gonna be like dark and like this was bright with its pinks and its neons because of the vegas stuff and like it's weirdly dark and violent as well um but it's I feel like it knows what it is. It's self-aware. It kind of just like okay let's have fun with this let's bring all these you know archetypal kind of cliche kind of characters you would get in a movie like this and let like just go balls to the wall with it and um you have yourself a a mildly enjoyable if not a tad overlong you know which all of his movies are so i shouldn't even be uh surprised at this again point. this like, is this is like this is a nice two hour and 20 two and a half minute hours. film <laughs> compared to the last three or four but movies it would have been better as an hour and oh definitely I, like, hour, like like and and i think we're you talked about this already. The, the the you for a heist movie, you need to establish the characters. You need to establish the perimeters and where they're going to sort of you know invest the time, the motive, the motive and that, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that takes forty five minutes. You're also introducing the zombie stuff at the beginning of this movie, where a payload you know has this weird <laughs> payoff um, at the beginning, and then on top of that, I think what really complicates things further is having the father daughter story integrated into that because the daughter cares about this other woman who is trying to get $5,000 uh, in Vegas to help get her kids out of this quarantine camp, Um, which again is, is, is very blatant social commentary on sort of, you know, the border crossing and stuff like that. I agree, but it just feels very, yeah. yeah. Like just, it's thrown in there for how do we get this daughter to go in and how do him. we get her to and kind of just, veer off course to kind of be, yeah. like become kind of um a hurdle for him to have to you know eventually go back and find her so it's not just about no, the money no. it's about now her. yeah and even yeah. like his relationship with with one of his colleagues and kind of where that goes like it all just kind of feels 
very forced for what this movie is. It just feels flimsy. Like it doesn't feel super earned or anything. Like it just feels in there to try to have an emotional reaction, both of those kind of characters. And I just feel like both are so like wet noodly of like, why I should yeah. care about either Where relationship. I didn't mind it because it was it was already kind of like surface level to begin with with Dieter and Fair. Van. No, no, with Dieter and Van. I think Dieter and Van, like it's yeah, kind of yeah. like the classic kind of like, you know, the two soldiers who don't get along, but ultimately, you know, come to, you know, care about each other do, during the mission and that kind of thing. And like, I kind of like that a little bit more because again, it's, 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 it's surface level, but it kind of plays into, you know, classic tropes. There's a, there's a, I did like their relationship. That's what I mean. But it's, me wrong, again, it's, yeah. it's very surface level, but it's kind of like, you know, in the moment they, they, you know, like they come to respect each other for what they're, they're doing and things like that. And there's, there's more than just one aliens reference uh, in this movie as well. Um, I think a lot of the characters are cool looking or, or kind of interesting and just, again, like an archetype kind of way. Like you have, the coyote who basically looks like French Kristen Stewart, um, yep. French Stewart, if you will. She, <laughs> um, God, were you I waiting was. on that or did that just pop into your head? <laughs> but, um, but, but, but I like, she also remind me of, um, <clears throat> what's her name from Terminator? Oh, Mackenzie and, Davis. Um, Mackenzie yeah. Davis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah um, yeah. but French Stewart, uh, I think it's better. Uh, <laughs> but, but I like a lot of the looks of those characters. You are obviously also know who, is the villain in sort of that group, you know, having cast Garrett Dillahunt as kind of like the company men working for, yeah. you know, the person that's kind of set this whole thing up. Theo Rossi plays a good. Yeah. Story, yeah. Right? I mean, it's all there. I, the thing I also do really like about this, and, and I already mentioned it a little bit, is that Zack Snyder does make zombies at least somewhat interesting because out of all the monster movie villains or creatures that you can have, I've always found zombies to be the most boring when it comes to I agree completely. I never it's more about the about characters, them. right? That are kind of facing the situation or, or trying to get out of a situation. And and when it comes to the zombies here, I think that they are this weird cross between like John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars villains or creatures and then even again referencing george a romero where romero with day of the dead with bud and then even with you know land of the dead was trying to kind of create like a zombie sort of head figure to lead the group of zombies and here you get that as well with the with the alpha zombie and if anything like you already mentioned also you know this is not really a sequel to dawn of the dead because if it were a sequel i feel like we would already be in a dystopian universe and the right. money wouldn't matter no matter what because currency wouldn't- that, well that was my issue remember in the yeah. trailer i was like why would money matter in this world but i get what it's this, only you it's know, like, only yeah, Vegas. It's, it's isolated to this one specific area and the idea that you know they have a 32 hour window before you know they're they're nuked and it's going to happen right before the july 4th weekend it's, it's, it's it so is stupid. dumb but like it's it's it's, it's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you'd expect Zack but, snyder like, to do yeah. but in terms yeah. of it being like if I were to say that this was like a sequel to anything, I would say it's closer to a sequel to Return of the Living Dead Part 3 than it is Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Because in Return of the Living Dead Part 3, Brian Usna's <laughs> film, you have um, sort of an army base experimenting on zombies to create them or to turn them into sort of weapons. And that's kind of yeah. what they're doing with sort of patient zero in this case and how everything gets started. And so it kind of felt closer to that than it did 
Dawn of the Dead or any other kind of modern zombie movie for the mm-hmm. most part. The thing that drove me nuts with this film, though, and I'm sure maybe you kind of clued in as well or thought the same thing. Zack Snyder's also the cinematographer on this and his close-ups with the blurred sort of background oh, God, and out of focus, yeah, it's, it it's terrible and it drives you nuts. But again, a compliment. It's got this weird bokeh effect yeah. that like the focusing is so weird. Like he where did that a little bit of one person too at the very end. Yeah. Where, yeah, like it, it's like one person is like their torso is in focus, but their head and their feet aren't. And then the people in the background aren't. And then it's just, yeah, it's bizarre. And I did notice yeah. that as Tig well. Tignataro, though, isn't as distracting in terms of being integrated into certain scenes as I thought she would be. Not from a visual standpoint, I will say that um, I'll sort of disagree with you on the performance side of it, and that's maybe only because I knew she replaced someone, but it didn't feel like – it felt like Tignatero uh, looking at someone's performance and then completely trying to mimic that rather than giving her own Oh, no, I get that. And then maybe I, that's, I'm, just, I'm talking from yeah. just a technical level. Like I thought oh, it was going it to be okay, more distracting yeah. because like, there's even a scene in All the Money in the – in the world where you have Christopher Plummer, you know, he's not integrated or he is integrated in the Saudi Arabia scene. And it's just like his head put on Kevin Spacey. And it's so distracting for that moment that it takes you out of the film where this, the character, like you can tell there are certain sort of eyeline shots where they're cutting back and forth. And and he's kind of, you know, using similar techniques that Robert Rodriguez did for, for Sin City. But I was, pleasantly surprised with the way that she was integrated into the cast when she yeah. is in sort of the ensemble sort of you know shots where i was thinking that was going to be distracting where i i do agree with you with with the character sort of matching the other performance in sort of in in those beats and timing and that's tough for i think that's tough for anybody to do oh given very circumstance. oh yeah I- Exactly a performance and a character that is supposed to be kind of the comedic relief or the like levity in the group of this self-serious, you know, fucking soldiers and stuff like that. And um, I mean, they're not all soldiers, but some of them are a mix of people. But her character is supposed to be sort of the comedic relief. And that's why you cast comedians, both Tignatero and originally Chris Delia. But like, I just felt like the whole time that it was like someone telling the same jokes that someone else might have improved or else might might have like put their spin on it and because the pacing was that way with the other characters they had to kind of match the performance to a T so the Tignatero stuff I, I agree with you that she looked you know I there was never once where I'm like oh that looks weird um but I did notice throughout the whole thing, and maybe that's me getting in my own head of knowing that she's doing someone else's performance, and I wonder if I did not know that, if I'd even tell. Um, but because I know she was doing someone else's performance, I'm like, this... I like Tignatero yeah, a I lot, but like, I just I just felt like it felt somewhat someone else just mimicking someone else's performance that's yeah, what it no, felt I, like I totally agree especially on the timing thing and, and the more <laughs> i think about it now like there there are certain aspects where like it's almost like asking like a musician to sing a song in a different sort of style right where like or, or to sing as somebody else it, it's it's not mm-hmm. who they are like tignataro has her own sort of comedic style and she's basically playing the wisecracking sort of, you know, fast talker character that, again, adds levity 
to the the mm-hmm. machismo and the tension and, and everything that's going on. Um, but it didn't necessarily feel like it was her comedic voice and she had to sort of adapt to the character, but not just the character, but as, as you mentioned, the editing of the film. So, you, you know, you have to be on time with the delivery of the lines. And how people react to you and stuff like that. So that's why you, I don't think you have much leeway in how you change that performance, yeah. right? So then that's why it felt a little strange to me. But for the most part, like I liked the the crew of people. You've already kind of talked about it. Like I think everyone in their roles or their little gimmick that they have, it's very video gamey. In that sense, there's the you know the the guy with the fucking chainsaw or the the hacksaw yeah, army, thing. Uh, like, uh, Omari um, Hardwick, who is in, Omari um, Hardwick. Yeah, uh, sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, everyone's got their like role, and I, I kind of like that when you're putting you know a heist team together. And I, I like Dave Bautista enough. Like, I don't think he's a great actor, um, but I appreciate him always like giving it his all, and I always like the guy. Like, um, I, I like I don't think in those emotional moments that we're talking about with his daughter and, and and things like that. Like it doesn't quite work. And, and sometimes I feel like it's a bit stretch when he has to, you know, maybe flex his emotional chops instead of his, you know, physicality. But, um, but overall, like I, I like Dave. I just feel like he's he's better in like a supporting role than a right. lead. But but I I do disagree um, with I you a like little him. bit on not not in this performance. I think <laughs> this performance is written in in a way that, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a second. But mm-hmm. the performance he gave in Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a very yeah. small performance. But I think that that performance has so like it's so rich and textured, and it feels like the, I agree. The, like, he's a guy that I think is a. He can be yeah. good, but it needs to be written very specifically for him. And like, I feel like he can give, because uh, I've liked him in pretty much everything when he has a small yeah. role and stuff. And even a, as Drax, he's fun. Yeah, too, like right? it, it's playing to his strengths, right? But but I do yes, think exactly. that he's very good in those supporting roles. And I hope that he continues to mm-hmm. get interesting parts. Like, I'm sure he's going to be a lot of fun in in, in the, the sequel to Knives Out. So, you know. That's what I mean. Like, when a role is, I, I'm sure this was written sort of for him as well. And he, I mean, as a mercenary, uh, you know, it's perfect for him. In this. Yeah, he's but got the look of like the character. Of the- and I think that, like, casting someone like him as the lead makes sense when you have already written zombie characters that are almost indestructible. So you need somebody who you can buy to go toe to toe in, in combat with them. So when you have Omari Hardwick and, and, and him kind of, you know, battling these guys, these creatures head on, I bought it a little bit more than if you were to have some kind of like, you know, lanky kind of guy who's hired to be a military type that looks like central casting or something like that. Like where, where George Romero, that's what Romero did where, you know, like as much as I like Day of the Dead, like half of the guys that are army guys look like they were just like brought off of like day shoots or something like that. They didn't look like military men where I buy the kind of like the the tough kind of gristle kind of quality that, you know, a lot of these actors bring to the roles. Um, mm-hmm. And then the father daughter stuff again, like I think that there is something personal there for Zack Snyder, you know, having just lost his daughter. Yeah. And I think maybe it is a dialogue that he maybe either he had or wishes he had uh, with, with, with her. And, and I kind of feel that that comes out. And again, it's very earnest, um, but I just think that mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily fit in this kind of movie and it slows things down quite a bit. 
My biggest thing is just the reasoning of getting her to join them just felt so flimsy. Like it felt so overly written to a point of being like, well, we need her to go. Why the hell would she go? And then you come up with this idea and you're kind of like, okay, (laughs) like I, I guess. Um, And then you have some of those moments, which I don't know if they work quite. I agree with you that they're earnest, but it just doesn't work here. And I just felt like I couldn't get, behind of like why the fuck are you going with them like it doesn't make well, it's because sense. of this like, other woman who entered about- already i know but, but, but i know I, what you're saying i get like- that but i don't agree that that's a yeah. reason to go like sorry like i i'm sure that woman is lovely and i'm sure she cared about her but like not the other any two women though, log- that were with her <laughs> yeah yeah any logical situation they'd be like absolutely not you're not coming you'll get everyone killed yeah. like you're not <laughs> like and there sorry. are characters you'll get yourself killed you anyway. know that are more expendable than others mm. Like you just know, like right totally. off the bat, yeah. you're gonna die. <laughs> like you're like sorry, oh, you're not making it through. Yeah, but any uh, any movie like this, you're gonna have those. That's I mean, the smartest so person was the one guy who kind of walked away before they they left. And I weirdly yeah. thought, like, this isn't really a spoiler, but I thought that they were going to kill him because he knew too much going in like the way that it kind of almost right. like he's like no i'm I, i'm not gonna do this and he's walking away <laughs> good it almost i almost thought they were gonna have garrett Dillahunt shoot him or something like that because he already heard the plan for the heist so mm-hmm. yeah uh the movie plays out pretty much how you'd expect i think the last act is a lot of fun though once like shit hits the fan and they you know they get to the climax of them actually breaking into the safe it's gore galore things like that and yeah, it is pretty gory. Uh, you know, the visual effects look good enough. Um, it's not like horrifically like it's violent. Yeah, if if but you've seen a zombie like- movie in the last 10 years, you'll be fine. You know, like it's not doing anything that you haven't seen already in, in Dawn of the Dead, the, the the remake. Like, again, it feels like he is repeating himself um, quite a bit with this movie. And that's probably why I liked it also a little less than Dawn of the Dead. But I. I almost weirdly wish that he would just make zombie movies because zombie like movies, I, I yeah. think that he is actually quite good at making them. There you go. I think that's a perfect way to end it. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty, pretty decent. Like, I, I mean, it's on Netflix. I, it's it, the only thing I think is like the length. But I would suggest anyone, you know, it's not a, a spectacular movie, but, um, <laughs> but for I'm Zack Snyder, kind of, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is almost a masterpiece yeah you know um and i don't want to shit like i get again i liked i remember being on the Zack snyder train after dawn of the dead 300 after 300 and watchmen. after watchmen and like um and then i think sucker punch is what really took that down a peg and then i've we were never i remember seeing superman with you i think man of steel at the yeah. imax at Scotiabank. and um neither of us are superman guys but um i just remember you know, being kind of like, mm, I don't really care for Superman, but I all really don't care about. You're this more of a fan of the the Guardians of Gahul. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember working at the theater when and think that's such a weird thing on his resume. You know, like that he did that animated owl movie, which I remember. I didn't hate that film. I remember watching it and thinking it was okay for, I'm for sure what it was. Fine. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. Um, and, and Zack Snyder himself actually does seem like a nice guy, like everything interview wise I've seen with him. He seems like a pretty down. That's what I mean. Person. Like, that's why I don't think like his movies put out this film broy douchebaggy kind of persona, but maybe that's more of the hit the fans of those. Or like, just maybe that is what he's the- interested in, but he himself yeah. isn't necessarily 
that kind of like Twitter troll online that you would be like yeah. a part of the, the, the Snyder army, so to speak. But I would say this is like, I mean, I was the one I, I didn't hate Zack Snyder's Justice League either. So this is two in a row for me. That wow. I'm like, you know what? You know, maybe he's back. Maybe he's back. Zack is back. Um, and even watching the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman, I'm like, I get why people, you know, like this. It's not necessarily my thing. And I almost like appreciated when I watched Justice League that he was like, fuck it. This is me just a hundred thousand percent what i want to do and i was like you know i applaud you for that and then i thought with this we were going to get that because netflix you know usually is just like yeah go do whatever the fuck you want i thought this would be four hours long would have like you know over 75 percent norwegian of women singing and for like, two minutes <laughs> yeah yeah so and and that's why i'm like oh there's not that much slow-mo here it's you know pretty you know just an action zombie flick and i'm like All it's right, very cool. modest like, weirdly for for what it's i mean like it is a modest again, there's movie, a zombie tiger yeah. and there's like ridiculous music but in the context and, and of his but, career it's very much yeah. like almost weirdly again just a, a, a sincere uh, entry in his career. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I agree. I'm going to give it a three. I'm out of also going to give it a three out of five. Look at us. Look at you us. You go, Zach. You, you um, do your thing. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you like this, uh, we have a lot of other reviews. I would love for you guys to go check out at this channel. I'm pulling the woman right in the now. window. Uh, the woman in the window, uh, those who wish me dead, uh, profile, oxygen, uh, wrath of man, without remorse, things heard and seen, mortal combat, stowaway, lots of reviews up on the channel right now. We'll have reviews also for the new season of Master of None, uh, titled Moments in Love, um, as well as we're hoping to have a review for Spiral soon and, and other movies that, you know, who knows if they're going to be or not and Cruella as well very soon um we have another show called the entitled movie podcast we would love for you guys to go check out our 91st draft uh we talk about our new letterboxd hq uh vaccines critics choice david cronenberg carnage other things like that so please go check that out um like i just mentioned we have a new uh letterboxd hq where we're housing kind of you know all of our social channels all of our reviews uh schedules kind of uh, lists listicles all these different things so uh please go head over there it's at untitled podcast at on letterboxd um that's basically going to be your hub for anything we do you can find links to the reviews find links to the drafts find links to our socials uh if you're not on letterbox you can just follow us on all of those other social medias at untitled underscore cast and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. yeah the letterbox hq account is your one-stop shop for everything untitled movie podcast and again i got to give a lot of credit to matt for continually updating and maintaining the site he's doing a lot of work um behind the scenes so it's you know really appreciated there nah i like doing it thanks and uh, i'm eric martian you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next easy time easy lemon squeezy you didn't want to say no, the other one not at all <laughs>